0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're gonna to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. By those words, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Man, if we would just live with that in mind, huh? Wouldn't that change a lot of things? Uh, I noticed that the spit sections are empty up here this morning when I every now and then get it going a little fast. I don't think it quite makes it that far. That's good. And I want to welcome all of you joining us online and um, I think probably more than usual because of the cold. Uh, this morning in my house I decided to uh, uh, kind of look at the temperature after the sun had been out for over an hour. and I looked at it and it said minus eight. Uh, so this is one of the coldest days of the year. How many of you saw a temperature colder than that at your place today? Several of you, yeah, yeah, out and about, I'm sure. So uh, uh, we are in the dead of winter, but we're alive in Christ, right? And I don't know about you even going outside in the cold. It's cold. Thankfully, the wind wasn't blowing real hard today, but very, very cold. But the sun is shining. Doesn't that, like, make all the difference in the world, you know? And so uh, sometimes our lives are like that. But Christ is there. Well, last week we talked about uh, what it would be like to look back on 2018, what, how we wanted to, what we wanted to be able to say about that. And we wanted to be able to say, like Paul, as we look back on this coming year, that, uh, you know, I fought the good fight. I, I finished my course. I kept the faith. And uh, This week, what we want to do is say, okay, so how do we do it? What do we need to do? What do we need to focus on to actually have that be our reality? What do we need to do to succeed in 2018? Well, you can think of lots of things. By the way, let me ask you, how many of you have a calendar that's already filling up? Yeah, you look at it and go, oh, boy. Or or you don't want to have one because you thought it's just crazy, I'm overwhelmed (laughs) and I'm not going to write it down. But whatever, there's a lot of stuff that's coming this year. And how are you going to succeed? How is it that come to the end of the year, you'll be able to say, I was successful. Well, I'm going to share just one simple thing with you today. And then we're going to look at the scripture and encourage you about that. One simple thing. And it's not like it's the only thing, but it kind of encompasses everything. And this is it. If you want to succeed in 2018, do what God tells you to do. That's it. Okay, let's go get coffee. It isn't that there isn't other things to do, there are, right? I mean, we we need to grow close in our relationship with the Lord, and that needs to be very real, and we need to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit and let Him fill us and work in our lives. We need all those kinds of things. But but really, even that God tells us to do, doesn't He? To draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, so He tells us to do these things. And, And so this idea, if I can say, I need to do what God tells me to do this year, Now, when we say God, what God tells us to do, what are we talking about? Well, well, first of all, we're talking about whatever He has said in His Word, right? Whatever He has said in His Word, there are many, many things that He tells us to do in here. Okay, we ought to pray. He says we should pray. Uh, He tells us that we should not steal. Uh, He tells us that uh, we should love. I mean, many, many things. He tells us to be good stewards of our finances. Uh, He tells us to live our lives in a way where he can be seen and known. I mean, many, many things. So we can go through and say, what does he tell us to do? What does he tell us not to do? And those things are fairly clear in here. But then there are also things that are like principles or wisdom. You know, all through Proverbs, it talks about, well, this is better than this. And so when you're having to make choices, you want to take that wisdom. It's it's not like a command, but it's telling you that this is better than that. Uh, Like, you know, having a good name, good reputation is better than having a lot of money. Uh, It tells you things like that. Um, And so there are principles. And then there are examples in Scripture where we, we look at people in the Bible and we read their stories and we see, wow, this person did something really great. And so what was it about that? What did they believe about God? What did they do? Right, And so we want to learn from that. Or this person didn't do well at all. This person really messed up. And so what was going on there? What were they believing and why? And so we live with, learn from all these things to try to figure out what we're supposed to do. But then there is this area. So no, excuse me. All these things are related to the Bible and then trying to figure out how do we live those in our lives. Okay? And that's the idea of what does God want me to do. But then there's another area of our lives. And that is that sometimes... God puts something specific onto our hearts and minds and begins to burden us about and say, this is something that you need to do. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? It it might be something as simple as saying, you need to really pay extra attention to this relationship this year. You need to do that. Uh, It could be that, hey, you need to change jobs. It could be that you need to move away from negative eight temperatures. It could be whatever, but, you know, he can um, put it into your heart. Maybe that he wants you to get involved in a ministry that's bigger than you and what you can do, right? And so but the idea is, if, if we're going to be successful, at the end of the year, we have to have been doing what God told us to do. Now, having said that, and you think, get up every day, and you think, you know, just like we sang, okay, Jesus paid it all to all him. I owe, oh, no, every day got to try to pay off this debt. i got to try to pay off this debt, pay off this That's not the way it's supposed to work, right? No, it's a love debt, isn't it? It's because I'm so grateful today for him. I want to do these things. Well, the same idea then with uh, doing what the Lord tells us to do. It's not about, oh, today I got to do all that stuff. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. Oh, my goodness. If that's what Christianity is, we're all in trouble. And you know, a lot of people think that's what Christianity is, don't they? I got to do this, I got to do that. Can't do this, can't do that. No, 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 forget that. But what I'm not talking about is that every day we get up and say, okay, Lord, what, what am I supposed to be doing today? I'm ready. I want to do it. But it can still become somewhat overwhelming. So what we want to do today is look in the Scripture and, and get some encouragement about these things. So let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Joshua. We're going to be on page 245. <clears throat> You know, it's possible for some of you in 2018 that you might all of a sudden see that God has put you in a situation and put it in your heart and all this where you sense a new life calling from Him. You know, to go somewhere and do something specific, possibly to enter a formal ministry. Maybe not, but just that you have this new sense of God's calling on your life. You, if you're going to succeed at that, you've got to do it. You've got to do what God has told you to do. Well, so Joshua is here. Uh, Moses has died, leaving Joshua in charge. Moses has led the people of God out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And for 40 years, he's been leading them. Uh, Lots of miracles. You know, God slowly but surely uh, removed the people and the obstacles that were in the way of accomplishing his purposes in their lives. And now it's up to Joshua to lead going forward. So let's see what it says here. Joshua chapter one. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So let's just stop right there. How big of a character was Moses? He was huge, wasn't he? I mean, even today, I mean, the Jewish people look back at Moses and, you know, the lawgiver and the exodus, and this is where the Jewish nation really begins to have an identity, and and, and Moses is huge, and he's led them through amazing things, the crossing of the Red Sea, you know, the the manna, the water from the rock, uh, so many things. Uh, They saw the earth open up and people fall down into it and the earth closed back up over them who stood in opposition to Moses. I mean, Moses was huge in people's minds. And so Joshua's been, his assistant been working with him, kind of been the, the head of the armies. But Moses was in charge. And now Moses is gone. How do you step into Moses' shoes? You think Joshua might have been a little overwhelmed? I think so, humanly speaking. Now, he knows God, and that makes all the difference in the world. But So let's continue reading him. Verse 3, he says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, there's something right there. That phrase should tell us something. He says, the same way I said things to Moses, I'm saying things to you. So God is saying, I have put you in this place. I am going to work in you like I did with Moses. The same way I said to Moses, I'm now saying to you. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. All right. So uh, this is good news for Joshua, isn't it? Listen, yeah. there, There may be a lot of people, Joshua, who don't think you should be the next leader but nobody is going to be able to successfully oppose you and the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. And then that sentence, I will never, what's he say? I will not leave you nor forsake you. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Over in Hebrews chapter 13, it talks about that. Uh, it says that, that he has said he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is always with us. And so... From God's perspective, and it sounds funny when I say from God's perspective because how can there be any other perspective? But unfortunately, we do have our own perspective sometimes. So I say from God's perspective, the fact that he is present and with Joshua should make all the difference in the world. And we're going to see the idea that he is present with us should make all the difference in the world. All right. And then he continues. He says, This be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Okay, so does, does Joshua going to need strength? Yeah, because that's why God does. Joshua going to need courage. Yeah. Do you think that you, if you're going to do what God tells you to do in this coming year, are you going to need strength? Are you? If you don't need strength to do it, then it probably isn't what God told you to. (laughs) Are you going to need courage? What's that tell you about trying to live and do what God says, right? We need strength. We need courage. Because we have big things to do, things that are going to matter, things that are going to make a difference forever. Verse 7, he says, only be strong and very courageous. So he turns the notch up here, turns it up a notch. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Boy, a bunch of things there. First of all, he ties up prospering, and by prospering he means you know succeeding, making progress, going somewhere, doing something that matters. He's it's it's tied up in what? In doing what? What's it say? Observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And at that time, that's their scripture. Okay, So for us applying, it's it's, it's the whole Bible. It's the scripture. If we are going to be successful, we must what? Live by the word. Because it isn't going to matter if you look successful in the eyes of everybody else. It doesn't matter what uh, is on your... um, What your income was in the end of this coming year or what your possessions were or your positions or anything. If you are not living the way God says to live, you will not be a success. The world might think you're a success, but you aren't. You're a failure. Second thing I want you to see is this, that in verse 6 he said, Be strong and of good courage because I got what seems to us like the big thing. The big thing for Joshua is he was going to lead Israel into the promised land, right? And capture the land for Israel. That's the big thing. <clears throat> you need to be strong and have courage. Be strong of good courage. Verse 70 says, "Only be strong and what? Very courageous for what? What's he say? To do to live by the Bible. Do you realize that it may take more strength, resolve, and courage to just live by the Bible than it would be to do whatever other big thing you think you need to do?" I think it is because, you know, that means day in and day out, doesn't it? Day in, day out, hour by hour, doing what God says, doing it the way he says. That that takes energy. That takes paying attention. Now, thankfully, the Holy Spirit lives in us, right? He can remind us if we're surrendered to God. He can remind us and help us. I, I don't want you to picture... Because it's easy for me to to communicate that way. I'm not trying to communicate to you some big, heavy mm, ordeal. But it is going to take your attention. It is going to be, it's not going to be just the simplest thing you ever did. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So he repeats this, right? Hey, you got to be in this book. You have to be meditating in it so you can do it. So you can do what the Lord tells you to do. He says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Again, this idea of prosperous means you're going to make progress. You're going to be ahead at the end of the year, not behind. And so whatever God has given you to do, whatever he tells you to do, you will make progress. It will matter. It will make a difference. And this word successful comes from a word that's translated, the idea is that you will look wise and intelligent because of the way your life is. In other words, someone will look at your life and say, wow, you must really know what you're doing. And uh, as opposed to... Someone who's living a life where they're always picking up the pieces of bad decisions. Do you know anybody like that? Maybe it's you. You keep picking up, you have to keep having to pick up all the pieces and try to put things back together because of bad decisions. When you haven't done what the Lord tells you to do, when you haven't lived the way he says to live, and you haven't had success. But when you are living according to what he says and you're doing what he tells you to do, you are successful, which means it's going to look like you have it together. Now, The reality is is that God has it together, doesn't he? And he is present in you. Okay, so let's continue. But what a promise that is, by the way, isn't that a promise? Do you wanna be successful? Do you want to have prospered and be ahead by the end of the year, you wanna be successful? Do you want to? Would you like to be? Then you gotta be in the word and meditate in it. We'll talk a little more about that in a little bit. Verse nine. He says, have I not commanded you? (laughs) Now, when when the Lord says this to me, I get the sense from him that he's saying, isn't it sufficient that I have what? Told you. The fact that I have commanded you is sufficient for you to be able to do what you need to do. And we're gonna see how that is in just a moment. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I would say to you that there is a high likelihood this year that if you are genuinely surrendered to God and serious about doing what he's told you to do or what, either directly from the word or some big way that this is applying in your life that you will find yourself afraid. And this dismayed is... It could, the word that's translated here communicates the idea of almost like this mouth-open confusion, like whatever's just happened, I, I don't know how to respond to this. I don't know what to do. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, Joshua, when you come to that point, you're afraid, and your mouth, your jaw drops open, and you're confused, and you don't know what to do, hey, So you don't have to be that way, just chill. Chill's in the Hebrew somewhere. Just chill because I am with you wherever you go. What a a great promise, isn't it? And I think we don't always understand the the weight of those kinds of promises or the benefit of them. But So let's consider. There's some real encouragement here for us as we think about what, Trying to succeed in 2018 and to do what God tells us to do, and the first thing is this: is that what God tells you to do, He also enables you to do. What God tells you to do, He also enables you to do. Because, man, I guarantee you, as you walk with the Lord, there's going to be times when you're going to go, "I don't know how to do this. I, I don't think I have what it takes to do this, or I have these problems, so I can't do that, or I have these obstacles." Well, interesting. Let's, um, let me read you a list here of some Bible characters who, who had problems like this. David was just a shepherd boy, so what did he know about being king? That's a problem. Peter was known for being loud. Any of you guys known for being loud? Elijah was pessimistic. Some of you are pessimistic. (laughs) Paul was rigidly religious. Uh, Timothy had stomach problems. Gideon was insecure. Miriam had problems with gossiping. Martha was a worrier. Rahab's past included prostitution. Thomas was a little cynical and struggled with doubt. John the Baptist dressed weird and ate bugs. <laughs> Here's your new pastor. Jeremiah was very emotional. would cry at the drop of a hat. Moses st- stuttered. Zacchaeus was very short. <laughs> Abraham was very old. And Lazarus was very dead. All right. I mean, all of them had problems. All of them had reasons. You know, they could have used to rationalize not doing what God says. I can't do that because I have this problem. But they also had, all had something else in common, and that's that God enabled them to do what they needed to do, even though they had problems whether it's the simple things of obeying just very forthright commands or if it's the bigger things of, of trying to put all this to work in your life with the principles and God will enable you to do what he need, you need to do. When it comes to serving him, the Bible is quite clear that if I need to serve him and I need an ability to do that, God will provide that ability. This is what spiritual gifts are about, all right? The Bible talks about spiritual gifts, where He enables us to do something in a special way. He empowers us in it, and, and it could be like Moses. That how did God enable Moses? Now let me back up. God tells Moses to go talk to Pharaoh. And do you remember what Moses says? I c- c- can't. <laughs> right? I st- 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 stutter. And God says, no, you can go do it. I tell you to go do it. Moses could have gone and done it, probably. But but God was, was gracious to him. And so what's God do? God provides him with a voice that doesn't stutter. Who was that? His brother Aaron. Okay. But you see what I'm saying? He had a problem. God provides what's needed to overcome that problem. And so as you think of your life and you think about what is it that God is telling me to do as I go forward in this year... For some of you, you may have nothing in particular that comes to mind other than the Bible, and that's huge. But there may be some of you say, yeah, boy, I know that I need to address this issue in my life, I need to deal with this relationship in life, I need to make a decision, this and it's big and it's huge. Listen, whatever you need to be able to do that, God will provide. He'll provide you with the ability, He will provide you with the help, he will provide you, sometimes just his own, making himself very much present in your life. If you need money to accomplish what you need to do for God, he will provide it. He owns the cattle on how many hills? Do you remember? A thousand hills. And he's not talking about a little thing. He owns the cattle. All the resources of the world are God's. If you need it to do what he wants you to do, he can and will provide it. All right. So um, the next thing that we see here in our passage, and by the way, this is what he did with, um, with Josh. He says, I'm going to be with you. Here's what you're going to do. I'm going to enable you. You're going to do these things. So obviously, God is going to enable yeah. him. The second thing is this. What God tells you to do, he will do with you. What God tells you to do, he will do with you. Now, This really ought to make all the difference in the world for us. Um, Let me just give you a a couple of examples here, an example. In 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge was finished in San Francisco. And it was the longest suspension bridge in the world at the time. But when they built that bridge, they built that bridge at a pretty high cost in human lives. The first phase of the building and all this, 23 men fell and died. Now, at some point, somebody came with this great idea, hey, let's put a net under there. And so they put this net underneath the place where the people were working. And and you think it made a difference? Well, ask the 10 men who fell into the net. Right, made all the difference in the world. But here's what's interesting. They said the second part of the, the project went much faster and much more efficient. Why? Because they had the confidence that what? Even if I slip and fall... There's a gnat. I'm not alone here. And so it is with you and I with the Lord. He is present in our lives. And when we remember that and believe, and he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm the one who can provide all you need. I'm the one who can strengthen you and give you courage. I'm all of these things for you. And we live with that awareness in our mind. Then as we do things, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to hold back. We don't have to worry about a lot of what ifs because he is present with us. Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. You're with me, Lord. Interesting, Moses and and uh, Israel, when they were in the wilderness, at some point God gets really frustrated with them. Aren't you surprised God doesn't get frustrated with us much more often than he does? But anyway, he gets really frustrated, he says to Moses, okay, look, I'm done here, you know, I'm done. You, you go ahead, you go, you go ahead, you take the people, you go do it. And Moses goes, no way. No way am I going. I'm not going unless you go with me. And see, so but the idea of him going with us makes the difference. It means we can do what we need to do, because God is with us in that. And so he will do it with you. He'll do that against him directly within you, and he will also do it through his people with you. It's, I don't know how much you appreciate it or not, the people who are around you here today. Some of them you know fairly well, and others, yeah, you guys over here looking at each other, laughing about that thought. (laughs) Who's with you? But think about it, some people you know real well, others you don't. But these people who are around you, most likely here today, God lives in them. God is with them, he's in them, okay? And so when you find yourself in a situation where maybe you're discouraged or maybe you actually have things happen to you that are overwhelming and bigger than you can possibly deal with, the Lord is there and you know how you're gonna experience it? One of his people is gonna reach out they can put their hand on your shoulder. They're gonna speak encouraging words to you. They're gonna pray with you. They're gonna pray for you. They might even provide some. God is with us, folks, not just in here, but out here. I mean, it just means the world to me when I come and I see you here. It's just like, I'm not in this alone. And it's not just you, it's God in you, isn't it? It's Jesus in you is Jesus and me and together right? He is with us. So not only will God enable you to do what you need to do, he will also be with you as you do it. He's not going to leave you behind. And the third thing is this, is that what God tells you to do is all you need to do. That's it. (laughs) By the way, this, if you can get this, if you can let this soak in, this is a very freeing concept. All I have to do is what God tells me to do. I don't have to do anything else. Freedom. I mean, do you ever have this sense of pressure that other people think you ought to do things? Are there expectations that other people have in your life that sometimes drive you and burden you? All you have to do is what? What God tells you to do. But but what about, what if? We're going to talk about that a little bit, okay? Hang in there. So what God tells you to do is all you need to do. And the reason is this, because God is bigger and better than anybody else and anything else. And, And if he's pleased, then it doesn't matter whether anybody else is or not. Now that doesn't mean you need to be a jerk. Can I say jerk in church? doesn't mean you need to be a jerk. Well, I'm doing what God says, and I don't care what you think. Well, that's not what God's telling you to do. God is telling you to be loving and caring and and, uh, love your neighbor as yourself and all of those things. But God is bigger and better. He is the one you need to please. You know, there's a lot of things that the world is going to shout to you about. You watched any television so far in 2018? Did anybody on television try to get you to do something? You guys awake out there today? Did anybody try to think you need to buy this? Yeah. Do you need to look this way? Do you need to have this in your life? And maybe you've already got that from somebody else that's in your life. There's a lot of things the world is gonna shout at you. What to do, when to do it, how to do it. And it's gonna be way more than you can do and many things that you absolutely should not do. We're talking about family, we're talking about friends talking about social media, other media. But the only thing you need to do is what God says to do. Nothing more. Do you believe that? The only thing you have to do is what God says to do. Nothing more. So don't be fooled. Don't be pressured. Do you realize that you can probably start to simplify your life? If you say, God, what do you want me to do in 2018? What do you want me to do? And I'm going to stop doing all the other things? Man, that would be freeing, wouldn't it? Simplify your life. Focus on what God says. Devote your energy to understanding it so you can do it. We talked a little bit about last year. Be a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. And then what does he say here? Meditate on the word. Verse 8. You shall meditate in it day and night. You shall meditate on what I've told you to do day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. So you can do what I have told you to do. Meditate on what God says. (laughs) A lot of us spend a lot of time meditating on a bunch of stuff that God never said. It's what this person has said. It's what this situation the pressure that it's bringing, we meditate on all those things. And there seems to be a principle here that it's what you meditate on that's going to drive your life. That make sense? So if you're meditating on what everybody else wants you to do, that's gonna drive your life. If you're meditating on the standards that the world has set and you need to be this in order to be successful or happy, guess what, that's gonna drive your life. But God says, no, 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 Meditate on what I've told you to do. Meditate. Well, what do we mean by meditate? You know, in our culture, there's so many different areas and things. talk about meditation here, and it's, it's, it's not... Mm. God talks about meditating. He's talking about active engagement with our th- thinking and our hearts about what He has said. The, the word that's used here in the Bible for meditate uh, is the same idea as the word ruminate. Anybody know what ruminate means? Ruminate means to chew. Uh, Animals who are called ruminants are chewing animals. Now, this is the way it goes. It's like sheep and cows, but sheep especially, they have more than one stomach. All right, I'm glad I only got one (laughs) for lots of reasons. But they have more than one stomach. What they will do is they will take the food and they will chew it and kind of mix it with the saliva some and mix it. And then they will swallow it. They will go down into one of their stomachs where there's the stomach acids and stuff that go to work. And then after a while, the sheep will burp that thing back up. And chew on it some more. Right? Swallow it again. Goes down in a different place. Different stuff mixed with it. And then up it comes later again. And what it's doing is it's getting what? Everything that it can possibly get out of that nutrition. Okay, by chewing. And so this is what God tells us to do with his word, with what he's told us to do. Meditate on it. Take it in. Think it. Take it in. And then later do What? Bring it back up. Think about it some more. Talk to God about it some more. Look at life in, in light of it some more. And then, you know, oh, i got to go do something. You Let it go away. And then later, when you have a moment, you bring it back up. And you think about it again. And you're focusing on what God is telling me to do and how am I going to do it. And, and you're focusing. You're focusing on this. It's going to change your life. That's what he says. It's going to change your life. He says, you will, then you will have what? Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I I remember for myself, shortly after I became a follower of Christ, uh, back in 1975, shortly after that, I I was taught about this, to take the word in and to to meditate on it. And I remember Psalm 1, I started there. Psalm 1 says, uh, and had his memorized, you know, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but... His delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in what God has said. And in his law. I'm, I'm going King James because that's the way I remembered it. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And it says this. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And listen the promise. And What? Soever he doeth shall prosper. Whatever God is telling you to do and you go do it, you will prosper in it. When you meditate. See, this, this is going to take purposeful effort on your part, isn't it? You got to be in the word. Make sure the word is in you. And you do that by meditating on it. And, and so our focus is becoming, this is what God wants us to do. This is what God wants me to do to do All right, let's let's jump forward here. He keeps saying you need strength and courage. Strength and courage. Where do we get it? Strength and courage flow out of obedience to God. Cuz here you are and you don't feel very strong. And here's what God is showing you to do. You see, there's something, I said something directly from his word, do this, don't do this, a decision you have to make, or it's a bigger thing where he's kind of leading you in life towards something, and, and you're looking at it, and I need strength, I need courage. I don't. Let me tell you where it's found. Strength and courage is found when you do this. And the strength comes. And the courage comes. A great illustration of this is in when Joshua, later on here in this book, he and Israel crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land. I don't know if you remember the story. They put the priests out front with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of God's presence with this people. And they put them out front, and they walked down, and they head for the river, which was in flood stage. It was overflowing all its banks. And it says this, that it wasn't until the priests put their foot just right into the water. As they put their foot into the water, boom. Then it parted. And so it is, I need strength and courage. Well, I need strength and courage to step in. No, you don't. You need to step in to get the strength and courage you need. Okay, so this is how we get this strength and courage. Uh, Psalm 37, when I was in high school, I took... uh, singing lessons from a guy who taught at a local college and but he had me sing this song that was psalm 37 so i memorized a fair chunk of it but he says wait on the lord be of good courage wait on the lord be of good courage wait on the lord be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart and goes on with that but the idea is it's as we Okay, God, here I am. I'm waiting on you. I'm going to do what you've told me to do, and I'm waiting on you to give me that strength and that courage to go on, and he will do that. And so a final part of encouragement here is this. that You know, even if say, oh, courage, and I'm going to have courage, but you might say, yeah, I get it, Walt, but I am still afraid. I know there are things that God wants me to start doing. I'm afraid. I know that there's things God wants me to stop doing, and I'm afraid what will happen if I stop. I know he wants me to do something different in this relationship, and I'm afraid of how, what's going to happen if I do. I, see, uh, and, and there's probably something you can think about your life. That I'm kind of afraid of that. I find myself being fearful. Well, here's how you handle that. Focus on your father, not on your fears. It's kind of the same idea when I said, right, don't meditate on the problems, meditate on what God says, same thing here. Don't focus on your fears. Yeah, you got them, they come, they happen. That's okay. When they do focus on your Father. Look at the promise in Isaiah 26, He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on, not their fears, but on you. Well, how do we then keep our thoughts fixed on the Lord so that our fears don't overwhelm us? Well, I've said this a lot of times before, but it bears repeating. Here's how you focus on your father, not on your fears. You learn to put the truth on the right side of the but. Now, if you've never heard me say this before, let me explain. And I, We're talking about the truth that you want to control. And we're talking about the word but in a sentence. And here's, here's the sentence, Okay. I know that God will enable me to do what he tells me to do, but I have these problems or inadequacies. I don't think I can do it. Well, that's a mistake because guess what? You're looking left to right here. Am I getting this right? Left to right? On this, here's the word but in the middle, and on this side, you, you have put words that are going to control your life. And so what we want to do is change this around. You want to say, man, I feel like I have these problems that I'm inadequate to do what I need to do. But I know that God will enable me to do what he tells me to do. Do you see how? What am I doing? I am now fixing my thoughts on who? The Lord. I'm fixing myself, my thoughts on the truth that needs to govern this. I know that God will be with me, but I'm afraid of this and that and the other thing. No, okay, how about I'm afraid of this and the other thing, but I what? I know God will be with me. So learn to put the truth on the right side of the butt When you find yourself fearful, I'm fearful, I don't know how to respond, I said, stop, stop, stop. Okay, wait a minute, what am I saying here? Let's make this statement, okay, but, okay, wait a minute. I need this truth to control, so I'm going to put that on the right side of the but. Does that make sense? If you have any questions, I'd be glad to talk to you more about that and help you to understand. So it comes down to when all is said and done at the end of this year, at the end of your life, it's so important to be able to say, I did what God told me to do. And so how are you going to succeed in 2018? Do what God tells you to do. Do what God tells you to do, Father. We come to you today and thank you for your Word and thank you for your promises that you will enable us and you'll be present with us. Oh, Lord, I, I I am just so grateful to you for these things, how you've worked them out in my life and places where I still struggle and need to apply these things myself. Father, I pray you remind me each and every day and even moment by moment as needed. Pray for all of us here today, Lord, that we would yield ourselves to you in this and. Purpose in our hearts to do what you've told us to do and to depend on you through it all to make it a reality in our lives, to give us the strength and courage we need. Remind us, Father, to make the decisions we need to make that will make a huge difference in this, like being in your word and meditating on it and fixing our mind on the right things. We want to honor you, Father. Father. with being successful at doing what you've told us to do. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, thank you, you are dismissed.